people who you surround yourself and the connections that you have in your life, especially the intimate ones, are absolutely going to affect your state of well-being and your happiness levels. So if you have constant anger, if you have constant yelling, if you have constant disconnect, if you have constant turmoil in the most intimate relationship in your life, that is absolutely going to affect you to such a deep degree and level that you will never be able to progress. It's inevitable that you will not be able to bring yourself higher if you're constantly having to battle something that is supposed to be beautiful in your life. Welcome to the Pave Your Paradise podcast. I'm Mandy Ross, international media personality, speaker, writer, life cheerleader, and coach. Each episode, I'll share a guest or an idea to help you blast through your limiting beliefs, nourish your soul, and connect with yourself to take your relationships, health, business, and life to a next level. We don't play small. We're meant for great things. We take our struggles and turn them into slam dunk successes. This is the place for you to create your best you so you can pave your personal path to paradise. Are you with me? Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the show. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to Pave Your Paradise podcast. I'm Mandy and for those of you who tune in regularly, thank you for joining me yet again for another episode. Thank you so much for all of your podcast support. You guys rock! Every day I read your reviews and I see your subscriptions, your shares, and see your podcast love on social media and it literally means the world to me. I feel amazing empowering y'all to create your dream lives and I feel honored for you to be spending your time with me. I understand how precious and priceless your time is, so I feel blessed that you've decided to spend it here with me. So guys, I want to know which episodes you're tuning into and your meaningful takeaways. When you share them, it lets me know what I should create more of for you guys. So send me a snapshot on social media and tag Mandy J. Ross and at Pavior Paradise on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places, and let me know which episodes you guys are absolutely loving. So the major news that I shared last week was that I launched my Patreon page. It's now up and I'm ready to serve you guys even more through it. I have my first community of patrons. Thank y'all so much for those of you who've already joined the page. And I'd love you to be in it too if you haven't signed up. There's lots of additional resources I'll be sharing on it. So, so please join the official Pave Your Paradise community where you'll be receiving receiving tons of self-growth and self-love tips, techniques, and tools for your personal development toolbox, connect with me in live group calls, sweat, soul, and yoga sessions are offered, there's private coaching, plus you'll be supporting this podcast that you're listening to, and me on my self-love mission to inspire, encourage, and empower others to connect with themselves and others and to experience radical self-love because y'all know I live for helping you guys achieve that. So go and please visit my new page at www.patreon.com slash Mandy J. Ross, M-A-N-D-Y 
J-R-O-S-S. It's the same as all my other social media. I want to make it easy and simple for you guys so that it would be in congruence with everything else I have out there. All right. And now for today's episodes. Are you guys ready? Of course you are. (laughs) Cool. Let's dive right in. So this episode was inspired by one of my latest social media posts. The feedback I received was really powerful. Also, lately, I keep having conversations around this topic, so it seems like one that most people can relate to and would love learning more about, which is how to have better communication in your relationships for stronger and deeper connection. This topic seems so popular, in fact, that I decided to actually make this a series called Let's Talk. And literally, it's going to be around communication in relationships. For the sake of today's episode, I'm specifically going to focus on intimate relationships with partners, but many of the principles discussed can easily be applied to other relationships in your life. I wanted to start this episode off with a quote that I came up with because communication and connection are two things I live for, but they also are so relative to all of you. And so here's a little bit of creativity I put together. Your words have profound power to hurt, help, or heal. Speak mindfully. See, everything you say is a vibration. It's really important to ask yourself before you speak, is it honest? Is it true? Is it necessary? And is it uplifting? I wrote, be conscious and caring in your communication with others. Now I know that's a pretty simple little write up there, but it's actually pretty powerful and profound when you really dive deeper into it. So on today's episode, we're going to be going over lots of different techniques that you can apply when you're having conversations and trying to communicate with a partner. I'm also going to go over some tips and techniques on miscommunication. And I'm also going to touch on how to be a better listener because you can't talk about communication without throwing listening skills into that mix. So I have a lot planned, even more than what I just mentioned, but I want to just dive right in to give you guys the goods. So here we go. So many headaches and heartaches can be avoided with healthy, loving communication. So that's exactly what I'm doing. Today, I'm bringing you the goody, goody, goods of conscious, caring communication. Now, as you guys know, communication is so important for building connection. You know how sometimes you meet those couples and they just seem to have this genuine sense of togetherness? More than likely, it stems from a healthy communication that exists within their relationship. And then on the other end of the spectrum, can you picture those couples who you meet and no matter what they seem to be doing together, they just seem really awkward and like they're disconnected even when they're around one another? Chances are that they probably have a breakdown of communication of some sort in their relationship. Now there's a big difference in the two scenarios I just mentioned. And of course, there's always exceptions to every rule. What I say in this podcast episode is merely guidelines. You pick and choose what works for you and leave what doesn't. Verbal conversation is the main way in which we share life together. You'll never know what I'm thinking unless I tell you and you actually choose to listen to what I'm telling you. Now what's so hard about that? Well here's the thing. It's simply making the time to do that. So here's a thought. Why not schedule a daily, weekly, 
or monthly conversation time. Just like you schedule time for gym, for yoga, for lunch, for going out with friends. When you decide to make communication a priority in your relationship, you'll naturally find yourself confidently growing closer with your partner. Here's the big takeaway from why communication is so important for building connection. When you feel valued, seen, and heard by your partner, it's instantly connecting. So whether you're in a relationship or not, when someone else feels those things from you, they will automatically feel like they want to listen. They will automatically be overwhelmed with this sense of wanting to connect with you. It's a really profound, powerful energy because I felt it. I know what that feels like. And for those of you who have experienced that, when you feel like someone appreciates you, they really see you for who you are. And you really feel like someone is not just listening, but really hearing you at your true essence, you genuinely just have this sensation of wanting to connect with them. So you guys know I love sharing personal stories with you. It's something that I really appreciate hearing from other people. And I think also from the beginning of me starting this podcast, I wanted it to be very transparent and I wanted it to be a space where I could just authentically share what I struggle with in hopes that some of you might resonate and can take away what I've learned and maybe apply that to your own lives. So one thing that I've struggled with in intimate relationships in particular is having tough conversations. Sometimes it gets to a point where I'll just put it off because even though communication is at the core of who I am and what I do, clearly, (laughs) I sometimes experience difficulty with being able to speak up during really emotional times. I'm a very sensitive soul and because I can be hurt so easily, sometimes I feel really triggered and in those times, it really feels like sometimes I just shut down and it feels as though my vocal cords or, you know, my throat chakra just literally shuts off. Here's the thing though, a trigger can be your best teacher at what you still need to heal. And that's what I've realized through this process is that it's usually something I'm extra sensitive towards or being insecure about. And let's be real, we all feel insecurities at times. And the person on the other end isn't necessarily intentionally trying to trigger you. They just might not be aware that what they're doing or saying is going to be received by you in the painful way that it is. So recently, I chose to have a difficult conversation with someone I love, knowing that the only way it would do either of us any good was to be completely vulnerable and vocalize how their actions were affecting me. It was real. It was raw. It was honest, caring, but it certainly was not easy. Now, their response was a mixture of emotions and feelings, but more than anything, they were actually shocked and they hadn't realized that they had had the harsh impact that they had on me. I'm a huge believer that the amount of success you have in life, your jobs, your relationships, etc., is in direct proportion to the number of challenging conversations you have. What I just said is a golden nugget of wisdom that can literally change your life. I've spoken 
about this before in podcast number two, I believe, on boundaries and how to have at least one type of tough conversation when you're trying to put boundaries in place. That's one of those toughy conversations I'm referring to. So if it has to do surrounding boundaries, go check that episode out because that one is a step-by-step guide on how to navigate that kind of conversation. In general, though, here's my two cents. If you don't ask for what you want, you'll never get it, period. And it's your responsibility to communicate your wants, your needs, and your desires to others. You can't have expectations that they'll just know or quote unquote, get you. You must be willing to have the difficult conversations in order to break through to a next level in any area of your life. And that also includes tough convos with yourself. Let's not forget. It's only when you tell yourself the truth that progress can truly be made. So in the case of tough conversations, my best advice is to just keep it real, keep the communication, or I shall say caring and conscious communication flowing, and keep challenging yourself to grow through what you go through. Because you do got this, tough conversations are just that. They are tough at times, but you can have them not be so tough. And I'm going to help you out in the next part of this episode with that. So over time, it's easy to pick up negative communication habits when it comes to our relationships. I mean, let's be honest, who can say they've never raised their voice in an argument or unfairly accused their partner of something or even refused to engage in a discussion at all? Hashtag I am guilty of all of the above. The thing is, if we're not careful, those kinds of negative behaviors can create really big disconnects in our relationships. They can turn small problems into massive ones. They can cultivate really long-term resentment. And ultimately, they can just make it really difficult to resolve things when a real crisis actually happens in your relationship. By paying attention to these kinds of habits and to know how well you're communicating with your partner, you can nip that kind of stuff in the butt. Here are four communication habits that can lead to disconnect and what you can do instead. The first one is when you freeze your partner out. Look, I've been there I'm sure you've probably been there too. Your partner comes into the room and sees that you're in a bad mood, asks what's wrong, and then what do we say? Nothing. Nothing. I'm fine. Please. You're not fooling anyone. (laughs) You know, many of us, I get it. I totally get it when I laugh at that because in the moment, you're not laughing. (laughs) But here's the thing. You know, we can all have that tendency to assume our partners should just get us and know exactly what we're thinking and have this psychic ability because we're together, right? And there's a part of you, and I know this speaks from me at least, that there's sometimes a part of me that is trying to test them, almost like asking them to prove they know us well enough to be able to figure out our feelings with any sort of cue from us verbally. Here's the thing though. What really and usually ends up happening is that your a partner just ends up feeling like you're putting them off. Psychologically, we are sabotaging the situation and sometimes we're aware of it, sometimes we're not. But here's the crappy part of all of this. The person who you are quote unquote testing by freezing them out 
and pretending that nothing's wrong, because we know there is something wrong, they end up feeling like they're being put in a really nasty position. And sometimes they might even become defensive. And the person, whether it's you or the other end and you're getting it, whoever's pretending to be fine ends up usually feeling disappointed and let down because the other person doesn't just get them or prove that they know you well enough to pass the test. So how do we resolve this? Well, I'm going to be real with you guys. It's pretty simple. You need to talk. Talking and being honest with one another and having the bravery to be just straight up with your partner about things that are really important to you that moves mountains. That goes so much further than this testy, I want you to figure me out. I'm testing you to to make sure that I think you love me enough. That shit, I'm sorry. I'm just going to give you the straight up truth juice. That does not work. It's not effective communication and it ends up making a bigger disconnect between the two of you. This can only lead to things escalating to getting worse and worse and worse. That buildup of resentment and ultimately you guys are not going to feel more connected if you're trying to play games and make someone feel like they have to prove their love to you. That never works. That's never the solution. So just by having conscious, open, honest, loving, caring communication with one another, that's going to take care of of this issue. All right, another big one. And just FYI, I am guilty of all of these. I have learned through time to not display these kinds of behaviors, but I will be honest with you guys as I always am on this podcast. I've definitely been at both the giving and receiving ends of these communication habits that are negative Nellies, I'll say, in relationships. So one thing that I know partners can do at times, myself included in the past, life is failing to take responsibility and accountability for their part in something. So when you're really annoyed with a partner, it can be really tempting to act as if everything's their fault and you want to play the blame game. Eh. Let's just say that that again is not probably going to get you very far with your partner. When you're caught up in the heat of the moment and you're really emotional, whether that means being sad, being angry, being frustrated, whatever you want to call that feeling of energy you're in, it can be really difficult to be diplomatic in those times and to really put yourself in your partner's shoes and yours and just see that there could be two sides to the situation. Here's the thing, and this is a question that is literally changed relationships in my life and also proven a lot to me over time whenever I've asked people this question. Do you want to be right or do you want to make things right? And I can assure you the answer that you get from that question will speak volumes. So how do we get ourselves out of this failing to take accountability or responsibility for your part in something? Well, it sounds like it's pretty simple, but owning up to the fact that you're responsible for half of that partnership can work wonders. If your partner feels like you might not agree with them, but you at least are acknowledging the fact that you play a part in whatever disagreement, whatever miscommunication, whatever situation is going on, then they will be that much more likely to feel connected with you. Because you know what really matters more to a partner than anything? And I know you guys know this because I know that when you're on the receiving end of this, you are so much more likely to buy into or want to work something out with someone when you know that you're at least being acknowledged, that you're 
being seen and you're heard and that even though someone might not agree with you but they're respecting you and saying you know what we're both in this together that's when you can have a positive resolution. Now, if it's the opposite and someone's sitting there and they're just in their own little, it's my way or the highway, I'm right, and that's that. I mean, I pretty much feel like saying, yeah, okay, well, you stay in your little negative Nelly world and until you're ready to open up and actually have a conscious, mature conversation around this and we're actually going to discuss this as two partners, then... I'm not really interested in chatting any further. I mean, you can't, you can't force, what's the saying? You can't force, I don't even know what the saying is. You guys understand what I mean. <laughs> My mind is like, blah. You guys understand what I mean though. You can't force anyone to do anything. And if you have to force a partner to try to come to a solution or resolution with you, that's pretty... that's a really like nasty situation to have to deal with constantly if someone's like that all the time. So I would say my best advice for you, one of the things that I actually like doing in partnerships is to take away the words always and never. And I know it sounds like, okay, what does that do? Well, here's the thing. When you use the words I feel or I would like, and so on, people don't feel as on the defense because it doesn't feel like you're using language that blames them for the situation or for whatever it is you're talking about. So when you make statements like you always or you never, automatically it puts the other person on defense mode. And typically they're probably going to react in an aggressive way because they feel like they're under attack. So what a better thing would be to do is, as I said, Use statements that make it seem like you're just expressing yourself and then they won't feel as defensive and if they have their guard down, they'll be more likely to try to solve the situation with you. Using that kind of language in your communication will also communicate to your partner that you're willing to see both sides of the discussion and that you're not actually playing that blame game. All right, for you emotional people out there, myself included, the next one... The next one is a behavior that can easily squeeze its nice little way or not very nice way into relationships because it's no surprise that when we are emotionally invested in a partnership that sometimes our emotions can get a hold of us. So for some people that might look like losing their temper when they're talking about things. Sometimes that might mean someone breaking down and bawling their eyes out when they're confronted with something and it's really important when you're in a partnership that you're able to still feel free to express your emotions but that you don't let them completely control you because here's the thing if you are a partner of someone and you start going off the wall swearing yelling screaming getting angry the end receiver of that is going to be so apprehensive to want to make a solution or a resolution with you. They will feel potentially threatened. They'll feel shut down. They'll feel like 
they, they, they'll, they'll just a lot of times just literally break down because they might not be used to that or maybe they are and they're just so frustrated with that kind of behavior. And on the other end of the spectrum, it can be so challenging if you are someone who is confrontational avoidant and you never express emotions And that's not going to serve you either because if you want a healthy relationship, miscommunication and arguing is going to be inevitable. You guys are going to get upset. I've been there. I've gotten through it in good and bad times. And you need to be able to express your way, but you need to do it in a mature way. So yelling, screaming, that's not really going to solve the problem. It's just going to escalate it to something where you're both going to feel even more disconnected. You're probably both going to get hurt and it's not going to it's not going to help anybody. Body language and tone of voice can go a long way by avoiding this kind of behavior. So really it just boils down to awareness. When you're talking to your partner, just be aware of how you're coming across. Is your delivery atrocious? Is your delivery kind? Is your delivery one that you would want to feel open to expressing yourself to? These are all questions you can ask yourself. And I mean, if you need to, practice in a mirror. Practice with a friend if you want to. Practice even just saying to your partner, listen, I know that I have this tendency to overreact at times, to get sad, get angry, get frustrated when we're talking at points. And I was wondering if we could literally just practice conscious, caring communication with one another. And I know for some of you out there, you might be thinking, wow, this sounds really silly. But I guarantee if you are in a loving partnership, your partner will want you guys to have conscious, caring, loving communication. And your partner will be open to helping you to achieve that in whatever that means if that means practicing together if that means role-playing together if that means you know watching YouTubes on conscious communication together whatever it takes for you guys to elevate to that level where you can talk to each other respectfully and communicate at that high vibrational tone with one another then your partner should be open and willing to do what that takes in order to support you to get you there. And I just want to make a side note. All the stuff that I'm saying here, I'm not trying to come across as this is the easiest stuff in the world to do. This is one of the most challenging things I would say to do in relationships. Communication is the foundation of a successful and healthy and thriving connection in your relationships. Hence why I'm doing a series on communication because if we don't focus on having proper communication techniques within our connections, it can literally break our relationships up. It can mean the difference between having a very connected, bonded relationship or it could mean a complete breakdown and disconnect. That's why I'm going over not only techniques that you can implement but also how to avoid some of the nasty behaviors as well. So the last one I want to chat about is knowing when to pick your battles. I know some of you out there, I know some of y'all are sitting there with a smirk on your face like, yep, Mandy, gotta pick my battles. So here's the thing. I know it can be challenging if you are a very headstrong person to want to defend yourself and to make your point known to come across as a really strong person. I get it. But here's the thing you really need to ask yourself. 
Is what you're arguing about actually something that's important to you? Or are you just arguing for the sake of arguing? When you learn to pick your battles wisely, as they say, you won't find yourself fighting over every single little thing and your relationship may end up just becoming something that is actually enjoyable. If you're in a relationship right now and literally you're just fighting and fighting and fighting, that's not what relationships are meant to be. I'm not saying this by any means in a judgmental way. I'm saying this is a wake-up call because when you cohabitate with somebody or you at least are in that bond with someone, it's meant to elevate you and it's meant to elevate your life. And as much as on Pave Your Paradise, I'm all for creating your inner happiness because ultimately you are the only one who can create joy for yourself. The people who you surround yourself and the connections that you have in your life, especially the intimate ones, are absolutely going to affect your state of well-being and your happiness levels. So if you have constant anger, if you have constant yelling, if you have constant disconnect, if you have constant turmoil in the most intimate relationship in your life, that is absolutely going to affect you to such a deep degree and level that you will never be able to progress. It's inevitable that you will not be able to bring yourself higher if you're constantly having to battle something that is supposed to be beautiful in your life. And here's another thing about this knowing when to pick your battles. If you're constantly on the defense with your partner, they're actually not going to know when to really take you seriously when you really want something known and you feel strongly about something because they're so used to you just always being hardcore about everything. And I don't mean to use that voice, but you get what I'm saying. If you're constantly trying to prove your right, prove your point, my way or the highway, then when something comes along that you actually genuinely really want to make a stand about, they're not going to know the difference between every other little nitpicky thing that you're on the defense about. And at the end of the day, you and your partner are only humans. You're going to annoy one another. That is just life. That is just normal. But... If you can learn to pick what really matters and what's really important to make a stand about, then you'll notice there'll be a different vibe in your relationship. Your partner won't feel like you're so aggressive and you'll be taken more seriously when things come up that actually matter to you. Okay, okay, I've gone over some of the negative Nelly behaviors around communication in relationships. So after sharing what to avoid, let's chat about about what you can do proactively to having loving and successful communication in your connections. So often people confuse communication for talking or making conversation and that's a lot of the times the main reason why many of the same people who believe that are so unsuccessful when it comes to communicate better with their partners. Communication in relationships really is about connecting and using all types of different things like verbal, written, and physical skills to fulfill your partner's needs. It's not about making small talk or weather chat. It's about truly understanding your partner's point of view 
offering your support and letting your partner know that you are their number one cheerleader. One of my favorite self-empowerment experts, Tony Robbins, has this theory that I absolutely love and I want to share with you guys because it's helped me to be a better person and a better partner in my relationships. So he goes on to talk about in his teachings the fact that there's six fundamental needs that all humans share and that each of us puts these needs in a different order in accordance to our core values. So once you discover which needs matter the most to your partner, you'll know how to communicate better and in a way that actually satisfies and fulfills those needs. This can also apply to other relationships in your life too. So the following six are the six fundamental needs that every one of us has. In no order whatsoever, there's certainty and security. There's uncertainty and spontaneity significance and importance, connection and love, growth and contribution and giving. And if you want to learn more about this, I'm not going to go so much into this today. I might actually do another podcast episode on it because it's just, it's a fascinating concept and there's lots to dive into. But by knowing these six fundamental needs of you as well as your partner, you guys will be able to navigate the best way in which you should communicate with one another. And I'm going to be totally straight up forthright with you. I actually watched Tony's video on this entire concept. It was uh, maybe an hour or an hour and a half long. So I mean it wasn't a two minute thing but it was probably one of the best videos I've ever seen on relationships and just getting to the fundamental core of how we can show up for our partners in a way that they can best receive us. It was pretty profound and I'll put a link below to the video I'm talking about because I've sent it to a few friends and they've experienced the same powerful realizations through it. So I'm going to include that for you guys as a resource. It's amazing. Check it out if you have time and just really dive into those six fundamental needs because I feel like if you can learn those basic needs and be able to apply those to your relationships, it will be a game changer. Now a really simple way to find out if your partner's needs are being met is to ask them. Dive into a conversation with them with, of course, the right questions and deeply listening. And that's why I'm going to be getting into the listening skills aspect of relationships a little bit later in this episode. But when you really are there and you show up and you are genuinely interested in knowing how you can be the best partner for them, that's going to go so far in your relationships. If you're not sure what they mean, then instead of assuming, instead of taking a guess, instead of just kind of brushing it off, keep asking really wonderful questions that are going to allow you to understand them in the best way that you can. You want to really be there for them and understand what they're saying to you and not just so that you're listening to them but you're actually being able to take away the essence and the meaning behind what they're saying. And if you're not really listening to them, you're going to miss their point. And if you miss their point, well, that's not effective communication. Another habit that sometimes we get into is listening just to respond. And I am so guilty of this at times. But again, that's not really listening. So if you're used to butting in, if you're used to interrupting, totally guilty at times, try doing this. Instead of feeling antsy, instead of trying to figure out what to say next, just sit there with a calm, open mind and really try to hear what they're saying to you. 
Don't feel the need to have to respond right away. Just make the purpose and intention, the fact that you're listening to them intently and your full focus and attention is on them and on what they're saying and trying to really grasp the meaning behind it. The scenario I just described will inevitably connect you with your partner on such a deeper level. And one of my favorite I words, intimacy. So how can we build intimacy in relationships? You know what, guys? Intimacy, some of you out there, the first thing that might come to mind is like sex or physical touch or something like that. But here's the thing. You can create intimacy by having effective communication in your relationships. But here's the covet in that. Communication is different for everyone. One of my favorite concepts on relationship communication, aside from Tony Robbins, is the five love languages. I'm going to include a link below as well for this because it's something that has changed my life and it's really changed my view on how to give and receive love in relationships. And I'd highly suggest you click the link, take the quiz for yourself to learn what your love language is and what your partner's love language is because I promise you it will be a game changer in your relationship. Now, you may or may not have heard about these love languages. And if you have, that's amazing. This will just be a refresher for you. If you haven't, please enjoy the following. The book that sparked the new way of thinking about love is The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And although it was written in 1995, it has really blown up and is still very popular to this day. And as well as Chapman's concepts on love and intimacy and connection in general. But what exactly do they mean and what are they? Well, the five love languages, as I said, describes how we feel loved and appreciated. And depending on our individual personality types, we might feel love differently than our partners do. So understanding and decoding these different ways of showing love will help to take the guesswork out of our partner's expectations and needs. So according to Dr. Chapman, there are five love languages. There's words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. I'm going to go into each one, not too much in depth, but I'm going to tell you what they are, some of the characteristics, and how, if that happens to be your partner's love language, you can apply them in your relationship. So let's start off with words of affirmation. This love language expresses love with words that build up your partner. Verbal compliments don't have to be too complicated, and the shortest and sweetest praises can actually sometimes be the most effective if that's their love language. So something like, that shirt looks amazing on you. You always make me laugh. I absolutely love the way you hug me. Words mean so much to a partner who has words of affirmation as their love language. Compliments and I love yous can go so far with them. On the other hand, negative or insulting comments can hurt them and it could take them a lot longer to forgive you than others if that's their core love language. Another type of love language is acts of service. So if your partner has this love language, their motto might actually be actions speak louder than words. (laughs) This love language expresses itself by doing things that you know your spouse would like. So things like cooking a meal, doing the laundry, picking up a prescription, those to them are all acts of service and those to them are all acts of love. They require some thought, some time, and some effort. 
All of those things should be done with positivity and with your partner's ultimate happiness in mind to be considered an expression of love. Actions out of obligation or with a negative tone, that's something else entirely. So the third love language is receiving gifts. But here's the thing with this one. It isn't necessarily materialistic. It just means that thoughtful or meaningful gifts that mean a lot to your partner, that makes them feel loved and appreciated. Something as simple as picking up a pint of their favorite ice cream or maybe getting them flowers after a long day at work. Those little acts of love can make a huge impact on them. This is different than acts of service where you show affection by performing actions versus this love language, which is gifting them with something. Another love language is quality time. Now this one is quite a popular one amongst my friends. I will say a lot of my girlfriends and guy friends have this one as one of their top ones, but it basically boils down to undivided attention. So that means no TVs, no beep, 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 smartphones, or any other distractions. If this is your partner's primary love language, then they don't just want to be included during a period of time. They literally want to be the center of your attention. They want their partners to look at them and them only. So get that phone out of this room, FYI. (laughs) Now, this doesn't mean that you don't curl up on the couch to watch Netflix or HBO. It just means that you need to make sure that you dedicate time together without all those distractions too. That'll help them feel comforted and really loved and appreciated in the relationship. Now, the the covet with this one is that every time you cancel a date or postpone time together or you aren't showing up fully present during your time together, it can be extremely hurtful to them and it makes them feel like you care not so much about them and you don't really care for the activities you're doing with them as well. It can be extremely hurtful to them and it makes them feel like you actually care more about other things or the things that you have going on than about them. And that's not so nice. Now the last love language seems to also be a very popular one amongst my friends, which is physical touch. Now people who have this as their top love language, I'm not going to say it's straightforward, but it kind of is. It's people who love nothing more than the impact of physical touch by their partner. Now that doesn't have to mean getting hot and heavy out in public all the time, all over one another, but they do feel more connected and more safe in their relationship with you by holding hands, by kissing, by hugging, i.e. anything that brings you two closer in a physical way. If physical touch is your partner's primary love language, then they will feel unloved without physical contact. So you could honestly give them all the words in the world, the sweetest compliments. You could gift them with the nicest things. You could do the sweetest acts of service and they honestly won't feel loved and appreciated as much as if you just walked up to them and gave them a little kiss or you came up behind them and gave them a big hug. They want to feel that you're close by, not just emotionally, but absolutely 
physically. So by virtue of me describing the love languages, it can be really easy to understand why at times you or your partner might not feel loved in your relationships, even if you're both amazing and wonderful partners and people. You might just need to be giving your partner more of their love language and communicating to them how you need to feel most loved too. So again, I'm going to be including the link to the website for the five love languages and on there you can download, I believe, a free quiz that you and I would highly suggest you get your partner to maybe you can persuade them (laughs) if you already know their love language that will be easy if you don't then maybe that's the persuasion you can say hey let's do this amazing quiz together so that we can figure out how to be more connected and it would be really interesting to learn what your love language is and what mine is and let's make a little game out of it let's see if we can guess what one another will be and here's the fun thing about the quiz too it doesn't just tell you what your love language the top primary one is it tells you in the order of which you've answered the questions so say one you might have seven points one you might have five so you kind of get a grasp or scope of not only your top one like for example (laughs) actually I want you guys to guess out there what my top two are because I have two they're very very close and I've done the quiz a few times actually it's usually like one or two points where the two top ones are kind of differentiating between the first and second. So I'd love you guys to guess out there what you think my top two are and then send me either a DM or put it on social media because I'd love to hear your guesses. Maybe I'll reveal it in another episode. But anyways, here's another biggie in relationships. After having talked to you guys about the love languages, this one's a big, big one for so many people and especially the day and age that we're living in when we are constantly distracted. We are constantly having our attention pulled in a million different directions. Being present in your relationship. This one is huge for effective communication and also for connection and having deeper and more meaningful and stronger connections in your life. So to improve communication and relationships and truly understand what your partner is telling you, you need to be present. That means putting time aside and dedicating yourself 100% to communication and communicating with your partner. They really need to feel that they have your full attention. No one is perfect. I've had times where my attention has been on other things and I'm trying to do one thing and I'm trying to have a conversation. It is a recipe for disaster because whoever's on the receiving end of that, if they even remotely sense that you're not fully there with them they are going to get very hurt especially if they're someone who's sensitive and or conscious themselves they're going to understand very easily that you're not fully tuning in and they're probably going to tune you out and that's not what you want in your relationship so one thing that might be effective is to take a digital detox and this is something I've talked about before and it's also something I may go into again in another episode if you guys want me to just the fact that we're just so bombarded, especially with smartphones. I have a love caution relationship with smart devices because on one hand, you know, I'm so on to the social media scene. I love how much we can actually connect with one another, but they can also be a detriment if they're affecting negatively other areas of our lives, including the actual 
connections we have that are face-to-face. So I think it's really important to just have boundaries around that. So some other examples and suggestions is that it can be really difficult to listen and be fully present, aware, and mindful when you are angry or stressed out or working on other things that take time away from your relationship. And guys, I know this is a part of life, but it's also important to realize that that's not an excuse for neglecting communication in your relationships. Even if you're the busiest person in the world, even if you have other things going on, your partner still deserves your full attention. When you sign up for a relationship, you are signing up to be a conscious, present, loving, caring individual. That is what true partnership is. And you have to always remember that intimacy, love, and trust are built not when times are easy. Those things are built when times are challenging and hard. And if you give up at every sign of resistance and every sign of some sort of trauma in your relationship, then you might never progress and evolve. And if you're not growing as a couple, well, I got to be honest, I don't really know what you're doing together. Because as humans, it's in our DNA to want to constantly be in an upward and expansive motion. So if you're not in a connection that is allowing you to expand, explore, and evolve, then chances are you're probably not going to feel completely fulfilled in that bond. And you pretty much have two choices at that point. You can either grow together or or inevitably you're going to grow apart. That's kind of it. That's why it's so important to not look at miscommunications and disconnect as challenges that you can't overcome. They're actually opportunities that you can seize to learn how to deal with conflict and have positive conflict resolution in your relationships. When you guys can overcome huge hurdles together, that will only make you a stronger and a deeper and a more thriving couple. So another few tips. When you guys are going through a miscommunication, argument, whatever you want to call it, I'm not the biggest fan of these labels, but you can call it an argument, you can call it a uh, a disconnected communication, a miscommunication, whatever you want to label that. Another thing that can happen when you're really upset is sometimes we get into this habit of Basically going through (laughs) every single little thing that your partner has done that has been quote unquote wrong, bad, horrible, the worst thing ever. And honestly, it's just a negative snowball effect. It is not going, believe me when I say this, it does not lead to anything positive when you go down that road. You will just keep going and going and going. And I bet you more than a dollar that your partner is not going to be standing at the end of that road. They're probably, have they've probably taken off in the other direction because they don't really care to stay around for the ride, if you know what I mean. So let's just be real. A better solution in times like that is to pause, take a breath, and I know this is challenging. So I'm going to give you the green light, the green card right now. If you are someone who finds yourself constantly in a pattern of getting overheated in these discussions with a partner, you can excuse yourself in a respectful way and say, listen, 
I'm not walking away from you because I'm not interested in resolving this. I literally need to respectfully remove myself from this situation right now so I can have time for me. And then you let your partner know that you will re-enter that situation with them and come to a solution together. Do not leave your partner hanging. I've been on the receiving end of that and honestly... That is one of the worst things you can do is leave your partner hanging when you've been in a heated or an emotional state together and you're both really upset and then you literally take off. And I can completely understand needing space to gather your thoughts, have some breaths, get some fresh air, have some time to think about stuff. I completely respect that actually more than I do someone thrashing out and acting out of, you know, reactivity and anger and resentment and all of that negative stuff. But here's the thing, if you don't tell your partner, if you don't communicate with your partner what you're doing, they're going to feel like you've abandoned them. And that is exactly the word I would use because I've been in that state and it feels like abandonment when I've had a partner be upset and literally just leave. Like no explanation, nothing, gone. Then they would come back and expect me to be okay. And it's like, dude, you took off. That, no, that, that's not okay with me. <laughs> so I only bring that up because I think it's important to just reinstate how significant it is. Such simple words such as, I need to take myself respectfully out of the situation so that I can have some time for me. And I promise you that I will come back and we can discuss this when I'm ready. But you have to actually say those words and you have to actually show up and come back. Those are really important steps in that scenario and not just coming back and acting as though everything's cool, nothing happened, let's just forget about it because that makes your partner also not feel heard and in those kind of situations you don't end up resolving anything. It's just a perpetual negative pattern that's inevitably going to probably show up again. So it's important to always address what actually is happening and if you can't attend to that situation in the time that it's happening then at least have the respect for your partner to state how you're feeling, communicate, wisely and respectfully and caringly that you need time for you and that you'll be back. Oh, one of my favorite things to focus on. I am obsessed with body language and I love studying people's body language. Now people who see me in person are going to be like, is she watching what I'm touching? Is she watching what I'm doing? No, I'm not that crazy over it. But I do really find body language fascinating. And especially when it comes to partnerships and you see people interact with one another and how they are around one another. It's really interesting anyways. I'm a people watcher by nature. I just, I love studying sociology and the way we interact with one another. So especially when it comes to communication with your partner, your body language communicates so much. Your body language actually communicates more than your words do, believe it or not. Here's a few examples. If your partner has crossed arms and has a 
scowl on their face, then more than likely you're not going to feel like wanting to approach them in a loving way. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you are very open, if you're not crossing your legs, if you have your arms at your side and you will even extend your hands out and you lean towards your partner and you have a relaxed look on your face and you're very touching in a very gentle way around them, more than likely they're going to feel really comfortable with opening up to you. And it's crazy how such a small shift in your body language can honestly translate such a profound message to the person receiving it. All right, guys, this is one of my number one tips, if not the number one in your effective communication with a partner. You need to be open and honest. And I know I touched on this a little bit before in some of the points, but I can't stress this enough. You really need to say what you mean and you need to make your feelings and needs clear to your partner. Oftentimes conflict results because there's an assumption and (laughs) there's a saying I heard many years ago, which is when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Hence the spelling of the word. Ha ha ha. I know. It might be funny to some of you. I love spelling. So (laughs) yes, I'm a former spelling bee champ. But anyways, (laughs) and I'm a Scrabble master too. But no, no, I'm not going there. The reason why I bring that up is because assumption honestly can kill you in relationships. If you assume or you expect your partner to just know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, who you are, and for them to just always know how to treat you you know that's kind of lazy on your behalf I'm just gonna say it you need to be able to consciously and clearly communicate to your partner what you need otherwise if you're not doing that then you're just being ignorant to them and you're being ignorant to the situation because they should not be expected to know your innermost desires and your innermost wants and needs that's not their job their job is to be an amazing loving supportive trustworthy respectful partner to you that's it not a mind reader not a psychic if they have those abilities and they can do that for you icing on the cake that's amazing but for the most part for most people out there that's not the case that your partner is actually psychic and even if they were you still need to be able to communicate clearly to them what you want now part of this being honest can be challenging for people especially if they have issues surrounding confrontation like I know some people are really adverse to uh, confrontation or they've been in situations maybe they grew up in an environment where there was a lot of arguing or there was just really unhealthy or toxic communication and they have developed the limiting belief that by speaking up it's unsafe and I talked about this in an interview I did uh, a few podcasts ago with uh, Michaela actually so if you guys want to look that up, it's, it was all about how to be able to learn to speak up and ask for what you want. Because I think there's so much power when we feel free to express ourselves in our relationships. It takes our relationship to a whole next level of deepness, of connection, of love that is like nothing you've experienced before because if we're allowed to be who we truly are and to get our desires and needs and wants and all that stuff met from our partner who is the most important connection the most intimate connection in your lives then 
you will feel invincible. You'll feel unstoppable. You'll feel all these amazing things if those things are being met and you're in this conscious, beautiful, loving relationship. If you're dealing with a partner that finds it really difficult to open up, then it's your job to take the initiative to see that they're struggling and try to make it easy for them to feel more comfortable opening up. Now, if they're really adverse to ever having conflict with you then that's something you guys need to work on together that's something you have to build over time and that happens when they can feel slowly but surely and little by little able to trust you more able to be more vulnerable with you and you know the best way to start that is by displaying it yourself. So if you can build trust with them by sharing things about yourself that are really personal, not anything that makes you feel, you know, like you're abandoning yourself or doing a disservice to yourself, of course not. But if you can start sharing parts of yourself with them, they're going to feel like it's much easier to then share, share parts of themselves with you. And that will completely be shown in their body language, in their physicality towards you, in their language towards you and their writings like every way in which they can communicate to you you'll notice time over time of experience together that they will become much more open to the concept of you guys exchanging personal and powerful messages with one another. Now I've talked about conflict a lot but I think there's kind of an in-between middle ground which is the miscommunication and Here's the thing, miscommunication is actually a little different than full-blown like screaming matches of arguments. Miscommunication can be things that happen that are kind of not crazy arguments, but just basically a disconnect in the giving and receiving of a message. And so when a miscommunication happens, sometimes it can just throw you off and it can just hit you in the face. So here are three little tips that I want to share with you guys in order to just quickly but effectively move through and grow through miscommunications when they come up. So the first thing, <laughs> ironically, is to stop talking. Don't defend yourself even though that might instinctively be your first response, especially if the conversation starts to descend into personal attacks and the always and nevers talk. Take a breath. Clearly, if this is your partner, this relationship is important to you. So try to remember to let your guard down. This is your partner, not someone who you're at war with. And really be conscious of choosing your words wisely. Do you want to argue? Is that what you really want? Or do you want to resolve the conflict? Because chances are, if this is your partner and you really love and care about them, you don't want to be in disconnect. You don't want to be in an argument with them. You want to feel connected. My second tip for miscommunications is start listening. Start listening. If you really want to resolve the conflict, you need to get curious as to what triggered their emotions in the first place. Was it a fear of disconnection? Was it because they've had trauma in their past and maybe you triggered it to resurface? Are they stressed and are they at an all-time high for that in their lives because of something else that's going on? And maybe you just, by some small way, was able to nudge them in a way that just put them on the top of their edge and then just set them off? Whatever the case is, really start asking them questions to try and understand and to figure out 
what is really going on beneath them feeling like there's a miscommunication. Listening opens the door to empathy. I'm going to say that again. Listening opens the door to empathy. And if you want to be the best partner, you need to be able to put on that empathy hat. And the last thing, and the last thing is to express understanding. When you guys have miscommunications, no one's really at fault. And I know there's going to be people out there who say, well, no, in some scenarios, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. You know what? As I said before or earlier in the podcast, do you want to be right or do you want to make things right? And if your response is that you want to be right, then I'm going to ask you to really and truly think about whether you should even be in a partnership. And I know that sounds harsh, but if you're more concerned about having an upper edge on a situation with someone who's supposed to be your intimate life partner, then you might want to start diving a little deeper and figuring out why it is that you feel the need to be right so much more than you do actually making things right and coming to a solution for connection with the person that you love the most. Now, by virtue also of you expressing your understanding, it doesn't mean that you're saying that you agree with them. What you're merely doing in this step, you're simply communicating to them that you understand now that what you said, you can understand why it might have been taken in a hurtful way, but that ultimately you care so deeply about them and that you would never intentionally hurt them. And I'm such a big intention person whenever someone hurts me or I should say whenever I am hurt by someone because it is my choice to feel that emotion and I take full accountability for that I always ask myself what is the intention behind their action or what they said or whatever the scenario is I just always ask myself that question first and foremost was their intention pure and was their intention positive with me 99% of the time, I usually think and come to the conclusion that they did not mean to intentionally do whatever it is I'm feeling at the time. They didn't intentionally want to hurt me. They didn't intentionally mean to offend me. They didn't intentionally A, B, or C, whatever the scenario is. I'm actually the one who's taking it and receiving it in a way that was not intended by them, by what they did. And when I can come to that understanding and they can also be able to express in some of those scenarios that their intention wasn't that they were meaning to hurt me or make me sad or upset, then you can come to a connective solution so much faster and so much easier. So that's one of the biggest things is that you both have understanding for one another, know where they're coming from, but also if you're on the other end and you're the one delivering a message, just make sure that if you have said something that you can put yourself in their shoes and address and acknowledge the fact that maybe you came across a little harsh, maybe, you know, whatever the case is, so that they They feel like they're validated in feeling upset with you because maybe you did deliver it in a shitty way. Let's be honest. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we're short. Sometimes we don't realize that the way we're communicating is going to be received in not the best way. So if you can own up to it as soon as possible, that's the best way to come to a resolution. And one of my absolute 
ultimate ways to diffuse disconnection in miscommunications in relationships or arguments or whatever, again, if any of the above, is adding humor. I'm such a big fan of laughter and I can honestly say that sometimes humor can be the best medicine. I've caught myself in so many situations like this and it's not to say that there's always an ability to apply humor to the situation but by injecting humor or laughter in a caring way while not being dismissive to your partner's needs It can be just what you both need to soothe the pain that you're going through in the moment. It also reminds you that even when you two are having challenges in your relationships, you can still enjoy your time together and be able to just laugh about it sometimes. Ultimately, you want to enjoy your time together. That's why you're together. Arguments and disagreements are going to happen. It's inevitable. But with the right approach, they can be a rarity versus a regular thing. So in retrospect of all these tips and techniques and stuff that I'm talking to you guys about, really what it boils down to is breaking a pattern if it's developed and doing that in a powerful way of reframing the discussion and just bringing it back to a level where you can get to where what you're talking about actually matters. And if you think about it like this, you guys can start out just having a a non-biased and neutral conversation and then something happens and it escalates and it gets way blown out of proportion. So really, if you can think of that metaphor of like kaboom, it's a big, you know, explosion, try just diffusing and diminishing that cloud back, 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 back till it comes back to a neutral level. That's essentially what you're doing in a disagreement. So you want to just bring it back to that neutral, calm, caring, conscious level that communication is meant to to be in your relationship. Communication is meant to be a means to connection. So if you're having these kabooms all the time, you're not even able to have a firm standing ground to be able to connect. You're going to be literally up in the air or feeling really low and you want to just diffuse that all to come back to the center so that you can achieve balance. See, communication in relationships is all about what your partner's needs are, what your needs are, and how you both can come back to that neutral, solid ground so that you can both feel fulfilled in your relationship. All right, guys, I could not do a podcast on effective communication without bringing up a simple and beautiful art of listening. And yes, it is a skill that is necessary for successful communication. I'm going to give you 10 ways that you can be a better active listener in your relationships. Number one, face your speaker aka your partner and maintain eye contact with them. Number two, be attentive but still be relaxed. Number three, keep an open mind. Number four, listen to the words and try to visualize what the speaker is saying. Number five, don't interrupt and don't impose your solutions. And I'm talking to you people out there that want to control everything. Just let them talk. Number six, wait for the speaker to pause and then ask clarifying questions. Number seven, ask questions only to ensure understanding. Number eight, try to feel what the speaker is feeling, aka empathy. Number nine, give the speaker regular feedback. And number 10, 
Pay attention to what isn't being said, to those nonverbal cues, because guys, those are going to speak volumes. All right, so I had a listener actually send me a personal question, and I love being able to help you guys when you send me your questions. So I chose this question to be on air today because I think it's something that a lot of you can relate to out there. So what do you do when you have a partner who is uncommunicative or unresponsive? So I I dabbled into this a little bit earlier in the episode where sometimes people have been through a really traumatic, say, childhood or um, even in an, an unhealthy, toxic relationship they've been in at some point in their lives where they basically developed this limiting belief or the story in their head that by speaking up it's unsafe in some way so they never feel like they can or want to communicate they have a fear of communicating basically their needs and wants and or a fear of conflict in their relationships so here's the thing if you are an uncommunicative couple you're basically an unconnected couple it's very 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 let's just say impossible to be completely connected if you're not actually having effective communication in your relationships. So if that happens, then chances are you're probably near a breakup. And unless you guys can develop the skills in telling each other what you want and desire, chances are one or both of you are just going to feel completely unfulfilled in that bond and it's inevitably just going to grow apart. So I touched already on if someone is afraid of opening up, how you can be more of a supportive partner to helping them to allow them to feel more open to being vulnerable and more open to sharing with you. So guys, I think it's really important, this is a point around how to improve your relationship with communication. I mean, this whole episode is on how to have stronger, deeper connections within your relationships through communication. And one of the biggest things I can say is communicate about communicating. That is one tip I would want to leave you guys with as well. When you feel that you don't have good communication, one of the best ways to actually hit the nail right on the head is try having a conversation with your partner about the fact that you want to improve communication with one another. I know I mentioned doing the love language quiz with with your partner, which is a great step in the right direction. Maybe that can actually lead you guys into a, a conversation around the fact that you would absolutely love, love you and your partner to have a thriving communication with one another. And tell them straight up what your intention is. Say, listen, I absolutely love you. I care about you so much. And I really care about the health of our relationship. I picture us having a really solid bond. And to me, it's so important that your needs are being met and mine are as well. And one of the best ways for us to be able to accomplish that is through loving, caring, conscious communication. And If you were able to say that to your partner, and you can have me in your back pocket, don't worry, I'm not going to tell them. (laughs) You can take notes and then like have a little piece of paper beside you before you go to talk to them. But like for reals, if you say something along those lines, obviously you're going to make it your own and make it come 
genuinely from your heart of hearts and just be really, really truthful with them and honest, most people are going to receive that in such a caring way and they'll go, huh, wow, my partner actually cares this much to have a really thoughtful, loving conversation with me about something that matters to them, which is us. You are communicating how important it is for you and your partner to be thriving. And if you're in a really good space, if you're in a really good relationship, but communication is the one area that you guys are not doing so well in, well, guess what? You can positively transform and shift that. And it doesn't actually have to take that much effort if you're willing to put in the energy and the time to do that if you're both committed to leveling up your communication skills. And if you're both on board, that is such a beautiful way to grow stronger in your connection. By virtue of you guys working on your communication, you're actually going to be developing a stronger and deeper connection automatically. So it's it's just a double win right there. And I love, 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 love knowing that there's so many resources out there like the love languages, like Tony Robbins love things. There's just a plethora of information. Sometimes it's actually, it can be almost overwhelming, but that's why I'm here to bring these series to you guys about let's talk and be able to share all the different techniques I've come across that I have personally used and found to be beneficial and helpful in my intimate relationships. That's the thing guys, you pick and choose what's going to go in your love and your self-love toolboxes out there. So for some people, the love languages thing might be the best thing on earth. For others, maybe it's actually seeking professional help. Maybe you guys want to involve a relationship coach. Maybe you want to go and see a counselor or maybe it's talking to a mutual friend about it like for some people there's a different tool for each person and I'm telling you though the number one way to get through to your partner is just by having that initial conversation once you guys actually establish that you want to work on this together then you can move forward then you guys can positively connect and be able to have this mission of being the best partners for one another and you can do that together and how much fun is that that's amazing so the last thing I'm going to leave you with here is a little personal story and this is regarding one relationship I've had for quite some time there was a lot of frustration in this relationship it felt like there was a lot of secular arguments that honestly led nowhere and it just felt like I was wasting a lot of time energy and even in some cases my tears yes guys I was very emotional in this relationship. It just felt like I was spending all of that unnecessarily or at the least that it could have been shortened. What ended up happening was it just it kept escalating and escalating and escalating and escalating to a point where finally I broke down and I just said, listen, the way in which you speak to me literally shuts me down and I don't feel like we have effective communication. And at the time, the person was very receptive and they understood because it's it's very clear in relationships. If you're any any inkling of a conscious person, you can feel disconnect from like 100 miles away. You know, it's not hard to feel disconnected and it's also not hard to feel connected if you're both in it to win it, quote unquote. <laughs> So here's the thing. I finally got to a point where I had the courage and bravery to speak up and I communicated what what 
I needed and wanted from my partner. And over time, by implementing some of the things I talked about in this episode, I was able to come to a place and a space where I finally was able to clearly communicate without being confusing, without you know, going all over the place without getting overly emotional about things. And it finally got to a point where the communication started improving. And so often when we're in these miscommunicative or disconnected relationships, it honestly feels so draining. It's like, it's like being with an energy vampire. And I'm not saying that again to play the blame game because two partners means it's both of you responsible for what's going on. And you need to take accountability that even if it's more so say your partner's doing something, you are still in that relationship and you need to take responsibility for the fact that you are 50% of that union. This was the thing for the first time because I came across in a less emotional way and I wasn't demanding that things change and I wasn't demanding these things we actually were able to come to a place where he also responded in a way that wasn't aggressive that made me defensive that made me shut down that made me feel like I was just not able to even have a conversation and it was so liberating to finally break through that negative pattern of either him walking out me breaking down and for the first time I remember in that moment it was like both hearing each other for the first time and there was a calmness rather than an anger and mean-spiritedness that had been present before and for the first time I felt like I was actually appreciated and understood. He was able to express himself and he really felt heard he didn't feel like I was on the defensive and that I was truly addressing his concerns and to me it was just that one particular scenario I will never forget because it was a breakthrough in that relationship and it allowed us to evolve in other ways after that so it just goes to show how powerful communication can be to lead to so many other beautiful things happening in a relationship. Here's the bottom line. At the end of the day, we all hopefully want to be connected. We want to feel loved, heard, seen, and valued by our partners. And by virtue of you learning the right techniques in your communicative abilities, you'll be able to get yourselves back onto an elevated, connected level and in a more loving state ASAP during those times when the going gets tough. As the saying goes, it's really easy to get along when things are going well, but it's during the tough times that the true colors and the strength of your relationship shows, whether that's a positive or a negative thing. If you are a partner, you should be able to rely on your partner to talk to each other about your fears, your dreams, and simple everyday things too. It's not just good for you, it's good for you together as a couple and as a team to be able to openly voice your concerns without fear of getting into a heated full-blown argument because of miscommunication. So the better your communication is, the better the foundation of your relationship is. And always, always, always remember guys that you're together because you make each other happy. Not that you are the reason they're happy, but you should genuinely be making your partner feel better you should be making them feel happier because you're together they should be adding to not taking away from you and your overall well-being 
Problems in relationships never end. There's always going to be times when you guys disconnect or disagree or things come up that put a little bit of a damper on your relationship. In those times, it can be easy to give up, but the truth is, is that those are the defining moments of your relationship. Those are the opportunities to seize in order to build a stronger and longer lasting connection together. My best advice is actively listen to your partner, discover what their needs are and what they value most and work on fulfilling those. When you can understand that giving is the secret to a fulfilling relationship and by giving I mean giving your best listening, communication and loving skills, you'll be put in a constant flow of love, care and connection and you will make your partner feel fulfilled in a way that they never have before. So guys, I hope that I have at least taught you a little something or shared something that resonated with you today that you can apply to your relationships out there. And again, these tips are definitely focused more around intimate connections and relationships in your lives, but a lot of these tips can be applied to effective communication in other types of relationships that you're dealing with in your life as well. So here's the thing. I want to always remind you that you got this. I have been through a lot in my life, and if I can get through negative Nelly situations, if I can get through these tough conversations, my goodness, people, you can too. I totally believe you have everything in you to speak up, to be heard, to be seen, and you deserve to feel appreciated, valued, seen, and heard. So that can only happen if you're willing to be brave enough to take a stand and speak up for what you'd like, what you'd want, and what you absolutely desire deeply in your connections. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode all about how to have deeper and stronger connections in your relationships through effective and loving communication. If you are loving our time together and would love to support this podcast, then please go and visit my new Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Mandy J. Ross and take a look at some of the tiers that I have for rewards for you guys because I would love to be able to serve you in forms like yoga and stretching and soul sessioning together and coaching and having you join in on Ask Me or Ask Mandy Anything live group chats with others in the paper your paradise community I love that kind of stuff so guys please go and check that out and it would mean so much also if you loved this episode if you could share it with even one other person who you think might benefit from hearing these words and of course to subscribe and review with five stars only if you feel called to as always I'm sending y'all so much love and light and wishing you a beautiful day full of I don't know unicorns rainbows fairies no I'm just joking with (laughs) y'all I hope that you guys have a very loving filled day wherever you are on this planet and I hope that you feel at peace and feel safe and that you are fully 
in a beautiful present moment while you're listening now. Thanks so much for joining me. If there's anyone you know who you think could benefit from hearing today's episode, it would mean the world if you'd share it with them. Love what you heard? Then please subscribe. If you really love what you heard, then please leave a review with your honest and loving thoughts. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. If you feel called to, please make contributions to my podcast fund that helps me to keep it going strong, bringing on amazing guests for you, and to continue the ripple effect of spreading goodness in the world. I appreciate you, your time, and your energy, and I love hearing from you, so drop me a line on social media. As always, I'm wishing you a positive day and your own piece of paradise. Until next time, sending you love and light and keep shining.